0: guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. I asked you guys on Instagram to send a couple of questions in. Uh, And we have had a couple of Supercoach questions have come in and I love when I get some Supercoach draft questions. Been a while since we've spoken Supercoach draft on the potty. Obviously, uh, got dusted in the prelim final this year. Bit of PTSD still floating around from that. Took it pretty hard. Uh, One that definitely went missing this year. But it's good to get stuck back into it and start and have a think about it. Now, obviously, way too early, yeah? Don't get me wrong. Way too early, uh, but I know that you keen beans listening listen to this podcast you are exactly like me, and it is never too early to talk rugby league or to talk Supercoach, in particular Supercoach motherfucking draft. So how good? So I've got a question. I actually got this question two or three times. What do you think your top 10 draft picks look like next year? Uh, so for those that haven't played Supercoach draft, it is essentially a draft like they do in the NFL sort of thing. You have all the players in a pool. Uh, you get a draft pick, you know, one to 10, depending on how you want to do it, uh, and then you... You know, in the first round, if you were pick eight, you would get to pick the eighth best player on the board, in your opinion. Uh, so very fun. I would highly advise anyone that's not playing Supercoach Draft, uh, give it a crack next year. Uh, I'd also advise if you're looking for Supercoach Draft content, obviously, Timmy Williams at the SC Playbook provides a little bit, but I think Weekly Rubdown is the spot to go to. Natty and walker they've been on the podcast with me on many occasions. Really looking forward to catching up with the boys in a couple of weeks to have a few beers. Uh, but yeah, Natty and Walker at the Weekly Rubdown. Go and check them out. They put out by phone far and away the best draft content. In the game, and I'll be able to sprinkle a little bit here and there for you. It is probably my real passion when it comes to, you know, everything I do in podcasting. that's the thing I'm probably most obsessed with, to be honest with you. Absolutely love uh, getting stuck into it with mates, all the shit talk that comes with it, uh, and take it way too competitively, way too seriously, and I'm more than happy to admit that. But let's have a look at the top 10 heading into next year. As you guys might know or might not know, last year uh, we decided our draft order on Melbourne Cup Day. Shout out to Gold Trip, got me pick number one. Uh, managed to get my claws on Nathan Cleary at pick number one. I thought he was the standout obvious one. Um, and in 2024, if I had picked number one, I would be going Nathan Cleary once again. When you have a look at the stats and the numbers... Nico Hines actually ended up uh, with a better average than Nath Cleary. Uh, and look, guys, I haven't gone through and done the deep dive numbers and taken out injury games and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I know that Nath did have a feud this year. So I would assume uh, it would be a little bit closer than what it looks on stats. I'm still not sure if Nath would be uh, number one or if potentially uh, Nico Hines would be there. Uh, but I just think Nath Cleary, you know, we, we saw a co finals time playing both sides of the ruck very heavily. Uh, and i I think he's just gone to a new level once again, which is crazy to think about. And obviously this year... He did have a few injury affected games, so uh, I, I know there will be people who will probably want to go Nico Hines first, and you know each to their own, whatever works for you. Uh, but I personally would be going with Nate Cleary as my first pick. Still, uh, if you do go for Nico Hines, uh, I, I don't think you've made a bad choice. Uh, but Nate Cleary, he would definitely be the one for me. Finished this year with an eighty nine point average. Um, he had only one injury affected game, to be fair. Where he got a thirty two. Uh, so if you take that out, I don't know, maybe his average is 90, early 90s uh, Nico Hines, he did average a little bit more this year to be fair, so maybe there is a fair argument to be going with Hines uh, but I just think Cleary right now is just at the peak of his powers and uh, he's the guy that I'd be going with. Nico averaged 95 uh, with no injury affected games there whatsoever, so uh, I, think, I think it's obvious that it has to be those two, one and two uh, there will be other guys that will be appealing that we'll talk about very soon, but for me, I would be going Nathan Cleary just because I am more confident of what I'm going to get out of the Panthers next year than what I am going to get out of the Cronulla Sharks next year. That would be my play. I also think the big advantage for Nath obviously playing both sides of the Ruck, which is fantastic, uh, but I think it's pretty evident as well that Mitch Kenny's been given a very basic role to get the ball to Nath. Everything is built around him. Before when he had Appy, there was another sort of uh, attacking strike weapon there. I just think everything will work off and Mitch Kenny's improving, but it is still always going to be a halfback-led team that Penrith Panthers, so Nathan Cleary I really, really like him as my first pick, Nico Hines without a doubt would be pick number 2, there is no denying that whatsoever uh, had a very big finish to the season as well you look in 3 of his last 4 games he went 100 plus, so and I think if you have a look at, what is it, 1, 2 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 10, in his last 10 games uh, he went over 100 on 6 occasions, so 2 premier players there, it has to be those 2 1 and 2, I won't really hear Any arguments for anyone else? Number three. Now, traditionally, or like heading into last year anyway, Cleary was one. You had Nico at two. uh, But Tommy Turbo is always the one that you need to be aware of. And obviously, last year, another injury affected season. You might remember I traded him during the year and managed to get him into my side. He lasted for one game. One game he lasted for. And then I lost him for the rest of the year. So that was a real kick in the dick. Uh, But he's another guy that has to be up there. But you come with the worries about injury but if you have a look at his scores from last year he only played in, how many games did he play in here? He played 11 games he had a 97, 103 106, 165, 126 so almost 50% of the time he is scoring 100 uh, he, he did have a couple of low games in there to be fair against the Penrith Panthers, only scored 26 in that one, against the Melbourne Scorm, 57, weirdly enough against the West Tigers, uh, only managed to score 37 there Sharky's 41, so against some of the higher teams uh, did struggle a little bit uh, but I still think Tommy Turbo has to be up there but for me I would actually be going Kalen Ponger before Tom Trevojevic um, and you know, that probably sounds a little bit odd I was obviously very high on KP coming into last season uh, I had plans to get him as my second pick I think one of the other boys in my comp heard my plans on the potty and took him which uh, shout out to him we ended up actually making a trade during the season uh, where I did manage to get KP uh, a week later he moved to fullback and uh, the rest is history he absolutely killed it from there on. So when playing fullback, For the back end of the season, I don't have the averages, but here were KP's numbers. 77, 92, 95, 47, 180, 137, 96, 122, 121, 77, 91, 128. Pretty fucking incredible. When you have a look at the back end of the season, he obviously didn't play in the last round of the year. He got knocked out in round 26, still scored 128 in that game, so did pretty fucking well. Uh, But you have a look at the end of this season, he finished with a a five-round average of 108. So KP definitely came home strong. Now, when you have a look at Kalen Ponga, he averaged 87 points this year, yeah? Now, I want you to consider that in round two, he only lasted two minutes, so he only scored one point in that game. In round nine, uh, they got absolutely smashed by the Parramatta Eels. He scored 16. Uh, so, he has got a couple of low scores that are holding him down there. You also need to consider uh, that for his first, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, for his first six games, he was playing 5-8. And as we know, this wasn't working out overly well, uh, just going to do this the Average from those six games. Uh, so then we can take that out. He did have one big game, 114. All the rest of them were sub 70. So if you have a look at those games, he actually averaged 51 points when playing 5'8. So for the rest of the season, uh, it is pretty fucking incredible what KP managed to do. And keep in mind uh, that, you know, this year he will be going into it where he, where he has a whole preseason as a fullback. Uh, so I do think that KP is a guy you need to be seriously, seriously considering considering um, f- next season because he is just on another level. Uh, let's have a look at the points that he scored this year. So he scored 1,574. Pretty impressive. If you take away the points that he scored as a 5'8", how many games he played at fullback? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Uh, if you have a look at the games he played at fullback, he's aver- he's actually averaged 105 points once he was at fullback. Uh, and you know what? Did they play some lower teams? Yeah. Uh, but when you have a games at fullback I mean against Brisbane he scored 92 against the Roosters 95 even Penrith at Bluebet you know the hardest road trip in rugby league he scored 47 not bad Melbourne he scored 96 uh, against the Dolphins 121 Raiders 122 South Sydney 91 Cronulla Sharks 128 he did that in limited minutes as well so I mean, there's actually a real argument here for KP to push up into that one and two category. I'm pretty confident that once people start to review those numbers of him as a fullback, and once they start to have a look at what he did and what he can do with a full preseason at fullback, I think KP rockets up there. And you might even find that some people go KP before Cleary and Hines, I probably wouldn't do it. I would take the consistency uh, of Cleary and Hines. And similar to Turbo, as much as KB played unbelievably well to the back end of the season, there is still those injury concerns. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. You have to take that into consideration. So for me, I would play it safe and I would go Cleary and Hines. But I'll tell you what. If you're sitting in third or fourth and you manage to get KP in those spots, mate, you could be onto an absolute golden ticket. I had him for the back end of the season. I had him and Nath Cleary. It was fucking unbelievable to watch. Both just didn't quite do enough the week that I needed them to. Uh, But my God, they were so good to watch. And KP, uh, he was a genuine captain option every single week. Have a look over the last 12 weeks when he was playing fullback. um, He went below 77 once. Below 77 once. That is fucking unbelievable. And that was a 47-point game against the Penrith Panthers at Blue Bet. It does not get any harder than that. So, KP, the more I'm reading this, the more I'm almost convincing myself that he has to be pushed up higher. But for me right now, I would go Cleary, Hines, KP. If you could guarantee me that KP wasn't going to get injured, honestly, I'd probably push him up into the one, one or two sort of category there. But I think at three, you're getting a really good spot on KP. And if he does get a head knock or whatever... So be it. You took a bit of a punt on a guy that could win you a comp after KP. That's where I would have turbo. It is a risk. There's no doubt about it. He's got injuries and everything. Uh, I'm really hoping that with uh, the new logo change, the new branding, everything, hopefully this can be the real start of Tommy turbo playing his best and most consistent footy. Maybe I'm hoping against hope, but I am very hopeful of seeing that. So they would be my top four and I'm pretty, pretty cut and dry on those guys to be completely honest with you. After that, I think it's very much open to whatever you want to do. I think it depends which direction you want to go. Some guys I've got written down here, guys like Tedesco, Drinkwater, Fafita, Walsh. Uh, those are probably the guys that I would have in the next category. You look at James Tedesco, averaged 69 points this year in a Roosters team that wasn't going overly well. Surely they improve and they get better this season. Scott Drinkwater, he averaged 83 points last year. Uh, keep in mind that, you know, week two, he played 70 minutes. He scored one point. Uh, even even week one, he only scored 59. So the way that he finished his season was massive, and once again, the Cowboys really didn't go that well. Uh, So if you think the Cowboys are going to have a good season, I think Drinky has to be pushed right up there. Uh, Too bad he's not goal kicking. Obviously, Val has those duties. He'd be in in that top four category if he had goal kicking. But with an 83 average last year when the Cowboys weren't going great, maybe you do have to push Drinky up a little bit higher. Teddy, I think just because of his name and who he is and the club he's at, and that you know they've got a good team this for next season, he should be up there uh but i'd probably have Drinky in front of him uh the the really interesting one is reese walsh now from the Brisbane broncos now uh reese walsh had a fantastic season with finished with a super coach average of 80 for the year which is fantastic my only worry is with reese walsh that he has to do a lot to score his base stats aren't great uh averages 20 base stats he's not a goal kicker uh so that's the only thing that worries me with reese walsh i've had him previously at the warriors in his first season he was great as a waiver pickup he was fantastic But, geez, it would be risky, I think, to take him as a top five pick. You look at the season the Broncos had last year and the year that he had, I just – I'm not sure how much better it's going to get. Uh, So, real, like, maybe Reese Walsh, he is a good pick for you. 80 average, it's just that against – the top teams, he just has to do a lot to score well. And you also don't know how the Broncos are going to bounce back from that grand final loss. I think they'll do well. I think they'll be okay. But there is a risk with that. That's the only thing I don't love about Reese Walsh, is that he has to do a lot to score. But uh, we have seen him throughout the year that he's a guy that tends to do a lot. That's the sort of fella that he is. Uh, you have a look at some of these games where he doesn't score a try and he doesn't have attacking stats. You know, he can score sub 40 quite easily and did on a couple of occasions, or at least sub 50 last season. But I would never push back on anyone going Reese Walsh. I think Fafita's the really interesting one. Uh, He went pretty late on our draft day last year. Stevie, the guy that ended up winning our comp, he got Fafita. Um, I think Fafita was still there when I got Cody Walker from memory as my second pick. Uh, So Fafita, we all sort of slept on him a little bit, but I don't think anyone will sleep on him this year. Uh, An 82-point average from the season. Uh, Kieran Foran out there, he also started to add some ball playing to his game. So I think Fafita is the really safe pick there. Can he win you a comp? I hope so, I mean the guy that won it this year had Fafita in my comp, but he also had Nico Hines as well, so uh, it depends how you want to read into that I don't think Fafita is a bad pick though he has got a good ceiling, if we have a look at the Gold Coast Titans and the draw that they have when when the draw comes out for the back end of the season, if it's really appealing maybe he's an option to go there, you have a look at their draw for this season, it was Cronulla, Panthers Melbourne and then Canterbury, so maybe that scared a few people off there, but Fafita, I don't think he's a bad option there at all, Um, Latrell Mitchell, he's the wild card, I guess. You have a look at his last few seasons. They've obviously been injury affected, but there's no doubt whatsoever. He is a fantastic Supercoach player when he's up and running. Just, is he going to be an up and running? That's the big question. Um, had an absolute shit fight of a season last year. Missed a lot of footy. Uh, ended up averaging 77 points. So... Once again, Latrell, I think he has to be up there. I think he's a guy that you can win a comp with. I think it depends on South Sydney's draw and all that. The other thing you guys also need to keep in mind is that whilst I'm talking about all this, these will completely change based on buy schedules. Similar to Parramatta last year, um, if we find out that... For example, Manly have a buy at the back end of the season on Newcastle, have a bye grand final week. KP and Turbo drop for me straight away because uh, at the end of the day, to win a draft comp, you need to have these guys available at those points. Uh, so Latrell Mitchell's another one. I'm not quite sure where you take Latrell, a bit of a wild card. And then, of course, as we always get to sort of that spot in the top 10, you get to pick seven, eight, and all of a sudden, Harry Grant becomes really appealing. Uh, that's not how I like to play Supercoach Draft. I don't like to pick guys uh, that are a little bit bit undervalued simply because they play a position that's hard to get I would rather leave that position and try and find some value later but I know a lot of you guys that listen and even guys that I play with they look at it very differently you want to fill those positions that are hard to fill I personally prefer to play the waiver wire and I think that if you are listening to a podcast like mine and the weekly rub down these sort of guys especially on my podcast where I'm talking about all the young guys coming through and whatnot I think you can tend to find guys throughout the season you might have to be patient but I think you can find guys throughout the year so the way that I look at it instead of going a Harry Grant pick 7 to average you know 70-odd points. I might wait until, you know, round 10 to get a hooker, get a guy that averages 50, and I would rather spend that pick seven on a guy that on any given week can score 130, 140-odd points. Now, Harry Grant this year, to his credit, he did show that he could do that. You look at where he scored over 100. Uh, He had 104 in round eight. He had 123 in round 15. He had 110 in round 24 and 149 in round 22. So, pretty solid there. He had four games where he went over 100. My big fear with Harry Grant is that they won't be able to play him for 80 minutes for the entire season. You saw at the back end of the season come finals time, playing him off the bench a little bit. You have a look at his last three games of the regular season. Uh, score Played 59-66-53 minutes. The other side to look at it though is that he comes on against a tired forward pack and Harry Grant can run a mark. So different ways to look at Harry Grant. I don't like him as like a top 10 pick. I think he is a top 10 pick, but the way that I play draft and the way that I strategize my draft day I wouldn't be going near him. I would let someone else take him if that is you. But in really deep leagues, if you're worried about positional-wise, if you don't back yourself on the waiver wire, Harry Grant obviously becomes appealing. Now, other guys on this list that we need to sort of think about is sort of Clint Gutherson, uh, Cameron Munster, Sean Johnson, Cody Walker, uh, you know, a Dylan Brown, uh, some wild cards that could jump up there, like an AJ Brimson, a Sam Walker. You have a look at this Titan side next year. I think they are going to be improved. I think they will be better next year. Sam Walker, you have a look at how he finished the season. Obviously, in finals time, he was very, very strong. Um, So Sam Walker's another one that if you think he's going to have a good season, you think the Roosters are going to have a good season. He's one you probably need to consider. Uh, You even have a look at his last two regular season games, 71-76, pretty handy. Uh, But the risk with Sam Walker is that he can go low. Uh, He's obviously a goal kicker at the Sydney Roosters who, you know, he seems to be front and center of their attack. You'd have to assume they run with him like that next year. Uh, he's averaged 60 across the last three seasons. If you think he can make a jump up in that rooster side, he's an option. Um, I think that even like a, a, a DCE is not a bad play. I wouldn't be taking him top 10 personally, uh, but I think that Manly side will go okay next year. Cameron Munster's the big one, isn't he? Where do you think Cameron Munster fits? I've never really been a Cameron Munster guy in Supercats. Shock me. This year he averaged 70. Uh, you take out 2020. 22 when he averaged 80. Uh, He has never averaged below 69 or above 74. So I think you know what you're going to get with Cameron Munster. Can you win a comp with him? I don't know. Um, You have a look this year. He scored over 100 twice. Uh, scored over 100 twice and scored over 93 times. For me that's not the sort of pedigree I want to run with. I'm sure someone in your comp will take Cam Munster uh, but wouldn't be the play for me. I, I wouldn't even really look at him. I'd look elsewhere to try and get a higher ceiling. I would rather go a Cody Walker over a Cam Munster to be honest with you and I know I went him last year and a lot of people bagged me for it. He ended up with a 69 point average uh, but if you have a look at you know his finish to the season he scored over 69 in what two of his last seven games and still averaged 69 for the year. So the start of the season, he started slow, went 30, 40, 42. We're a little bit panicked. Then South Sydney started to hit their stride and he exploded. If you think South Sydney have a good year, I think Cody Walker is super appealing once again. I think he'll do really well. Uh, so that's sort of where I'm sitting. Then you've got your guys like Osako. You've got your guys like Greg Marshall, These outside backs, Brian To'o, Tull- These guys that you can take a bit of a punt on. Uh, that's sort of up to you guys how you want to go about that. A Ruben Garrick, for example, if Turbo's fully fit, could be a great pick as well. Campbell Graham, he was in unbelievable form throughout the season. Uh, So there's a lot of guys that you can go through and have a look at uh, as far as Supercoach draft day and your top 10. That's sort of where I'm thinking at the moment. Now, come preseason, that could change quite a bit. Once we get to trials and we see who's playing where and who's in good form and who's playing minutes, who's playing what positions, where certain players are. You know, have a look at a guy like Jermaine Osaka, yeah? And I think he's very appealing. Finishes the second highest point scorer in Supercoach. This season He's shown in the internationals He's probably not going to slow down The Dolphins probably look like They're going to be a better side next year He's dual position That really helps as well But you know If we get to round one next year And all of a sudden Herbie Farnworth is playing fullback And he doesn't pass the fucking ball I hate the Isarko pick Going him high all of a sudden So there's a lot of things That can play a role When it comes to Supercoach draft day And who you're going to pick And we'll have to see As we get closer The big one for me though Is the buys They're going to play a huge role Next season As they did this year If you have have a key player who has a buy during finals. I'm in a bit of an avoid. you got your dual position guys like Joe Tarpana. you got Tino. He averaged 77. You have to consider him. Payne Haas another one you have to consider. So many guys to look at. Dominic Young going to a new club. Uh, he's another one. He averaged 74 last year. had an unbelievable season. Who's to say he can't do that again at the Sydney Roosters? Who's to say he can't do better? So a heap to look at heading into next season. Cannot wait for Supercoach Draft. It is a long, long way away, but it will sneak up on us very, very quickly. And I'll give you the hot tip. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And I probably will carry on way too much with it. Absolutely love Draft. Cannot wait for it to return. Shout out to you Drafties out there that sent in the question that are already as keen as I am and a lot of my mates as well.